Die transformatietafel wordt met trots geborg door Maxflex Cables. You are listening to the Transformation Table, where we talk about God's business. Good morning, everyone, everybody that's listening into on, on the podcast later and at radio and um, and on um, on our different platforms. Welcome you about us this morning. I'm excited uh, about what we're going to discuss this morning. It um, it is a thing that is close to my heart as well, and. Um, Yes, so we invited Natasha Zaiman um, to come and uh, share with us uh, about uh, work for a living. But I think before we start uh, seriously, um, Aloysius, may I ask you to open for us with prayer, please? Yes, thank you, man. Fathers, we come to you this morning. You've given us another opportunity, Father, to to bring uh, into being your perfect works, Almighty God. Father, we pray that this meeting will be fruitful. And it will be in your will, Almighty God. Father, as we venture into a new day, Father, we pray that you will go ahead of us and that you will just allow us to make contact with those people that's calling unto you this morning, Father. Father, I pray especially for this group and the ideas and the plans that you have for us, Father. We know you have plans to prosper us and not to harm us. And this morning we just give thanks to you, Father. Father, we stand in awe of how great gracious you are to us. How merciful you've been to us, Almighty God. Father, we pray you, we, we praise you, and we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lucius. So um there, there's a couple of reasons that I've got that we that we um <clears throat> invited Natasha for this uh, chat around the transformation table. There is possibly people around South Africa that um, that do not know how to get involved in a in a in a community development program. Um, that wants to do something, that wants to make a change, that wants to make a change in the um, <clears throat> in the operating theater, you know, around them in the town or whatever. And um, uh, Peter had a great idea yesterday that we should ask uh, Kerry to come come also uh, uh, join us one morning and tell us what they are doing. Um, <clears throat> I got a pamphlet uh, yesterday. Um, you know, we a little bit of t- tongue in the cheek. My maintenance guy, Fricky, is. Um, you know, you think uh, Chuck Norris, you know, they make the jokes about uh, uh, Chuck Norris' stuff and, and, and Skulk Burger and so on. But here in the East Rand, we've got an area, uh, a brack band that's fairly, fairly rough. So, so, so Fricky is a bouncer at the Bikers Club in brack band. Now, that tops being tough in my book. You know, if you can be, a, if you can, uh, be the, the, the Chuck outer, at the biker gang, biker uh, club in 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 Brackman. that 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 that's that stuff, you know. And um, so he brought me a pamphlet uh, yesterday, day before yesterday, where they're doing something. Uh, Peter, the, you know, they're talking about the showers for the for the homeless people and <clears throat> cleaning the guys up, and and um, you know the nails ladies are coming in to help with the with cleaning up the na- nails and go haircuts and stuff like that. So he's he's um, uh, he's going to be one of the air cutting dudes, and um, so uh, you know, that is pretty cool. And and that everybody gets involved. You know, you you sometimes get this perspective 
that because they guys are in their leather their leather jackets on their bikes that they're bad guys. But I think that is that ship sailed long time ago, you know, and um, and that type of stuff. So um, you know, there is a place. My, the point I'm trying to make is there's a place for everyone to get involved in their communities. All you have to do is just look around. You know, um, if 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 you're if you've got a heart for for um, helping someone else that is in difficult times. South Africa is a target-rich environment. You know, you can, you will not have to go far to find somebody that is <clears throat> taking, taking strain. So, yes. So with that, with that, Natasha, can I ask you to jump in? Tell us a little bit about. I know that you're also involved. Uh, you mentioned that you're involved in some other projects. Please share with us everything that you guys are up to, and um, and we're excited to hear. What you, and I can see by that smile that you enjoy what you're doing. You know, I can see that you've got a passion for it and you and you love what you're doing. So we're excited. Thanks, Natasha. Thank you so much, Menzo. Thank you very much for everybody here today. I really appreciate that. Um, I, I'm smiling because everything that people say, I can relate to. And I, I mean, I've been working with um, the marginalized for about 10 years now. And God has really just honed in on what works and what doesn't work. And obviously at the beginning you you want to do good and you want to enable people to be able to get to a certain place, but then you don't understand the dynamics of how to do that without hurting them or enabling them to stay where they are. So I work for a nonprofit organization called the Elevation Hub. And we do physical, spiritual, economical healing because we we believe that you have to look at a person from a whole perspective, body, soul, and spirit. So um, what we found over the years is if you only hone in on one area, they fall short on another area. So if you only give them a job and they have triggers and hurts and traumas that they haven't dealt with, then they fall short and they, they don't actually attend. Um, the, the, the job doesn't last because there's triggers that, that get them back to where they are or if they have um, addiction problems, whatever it might be. So we we look at a person's spirit, and that's where I'm also involved in another organization called Inner City Ministry. So we had a, a Kempton and Springs branch, unfortunately, closed down due to COVID and the pastors who passed away, and we lost the premises there. But Benoni is running um, full steam ahead, so that is where we specifically run a program on once a month, uh, once a week um, in the evenings for the people coming in. So it can be a homeless person, can be an addict, can be a prostitute, it can be a person just living in the area and just want to get a fellowship area. So we work with the, um, their mindset in how to be able to connect them with God so that they, get, they can get the encouragement and the hope back to be able to, to just grasp that God is there and that he hasn't forgotten them and he hasn't left them. From the from there on, they get the hope and the encouragement to be able to go on to work for a living. Um, then they can get the job readiness course and from there on they go, they go out to be able to be thriving people. So work for a living, we, we joined with Inner Richards in 2015. So we officially started in April 2015 with our first Work for Living course, and it was really amazing. I mean, we run this every month, and the amount of people that get healed in Work for Living is phenomenal. Every single person walks out there completely different. 
And I, um, I, I don't actually think I'm the right person to speak to with regards to work for a living because Ina Richard actually needs to sit here. I had a meeting with her yesterday. Um, and she's a very, very, very dynamic person. So what she did is she actually started with work for a living, I think it's about, I'm going to speak under correction, 12 to 17 years ago, where she felt that customer service was an area where it was lacking. And that's how it progressed. Um, it's a dynamic course that changes constantly. So it changes with the times and the issues that we might have with people, with, with society and relevant topics that come up. But the essence of work for a living is to be able to have a job readiness course where, where people are, are focused in terms of what, what it is that they need to work at to be able to be successful in the, in the workplace. No matter your culture or where you come from, there's a working culture. And to be able to teach people the working culture is a very, very important part. So from, from interviews where we do mock interviews with them so that they can make those mistakes with us to work ethics. What does work ethics mean to a person? Um, the term, people don't even understand what, what work ethics mean in, in general. So we unpack work ethics from... The employer's perspective and from the employee's perspective and what you're about to face when you enter the jobs space as well as financial literacy. Financial literacy is where those light bulb moments come up where they realize oh my word I've, if, I've, if I knew what I know now my whole life could have been different. Um, starting with a need and a want. What is a need and a want? What is an income and expense? So we start really at, at grassroots and we are able to equip them with understanding basic things like budgeting, the principle of saving, how to how the banks work, what interest rates are, those type of things. And then professionalism and then ethics. Ethics is a very, very important point because that's where we gather how your worldview has come for you to be able to understand what you what you believe in in terms of the way that you view the world the way that you view certain topics or people and we there's there's a lot of um there's a lot of healing and a lot of understanding when when it comes from different points of view um like i said it's like a smarty box it's not it's it's not for a specific um group it's not for a specific age group We've had um, a 76-year-old lady sitting next to a 17-year-old boy. So it is really, really diverse. But it's also to be able to work with the, 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 the individual, to be able to understand, them, make them understand that there's, there's so much more inside of them to be able to be harnessed. And if they can understand that this is what they need, the principles that they need to be able to go into, into life, they are able to, to walk out of there with a lot more than what they, they came with. It's always very interesting. In the beginning, in the first day, they walk in there, they don't look at the people next to them because everybody's very shy and by the end of the, the 13 days, they don't want to walk out of there. Everybody gives a, has a party and like graduation and it's it's really amazing. So we, we we stay a family. But the point of work for living is also to be able to connect with corporates. So we are able to walk a road with um, any company, any corporate to be able to get them jobs. It's very important to understand that we are not 
a recruitment agency. So there's no fees, there's no structures. It's just to be able to get them another area where they can go for an interview and a possible job. And we've had very, very um, great successes in terms of placing people in companies, um, learnerships, internships, where they understand that the person, the caliber of person coming from us, knowing what they know after the training and the retention rates of the staff from, from people from us is completely different than the, the person off the street. Because all of the grassroots level, level things has, has already been, been dealt with. Um, in lockdown, Ina and Walter, has, they've decided that they're going to write um, a STEP program, which is basically work for a living on steroids. <laughs> it's for the... It's for the, the company that say, fantastic that you bring me this individual that just comes from your course, but I'm sitting with um, all my other staff that need to know the exact same things that you say you teach in your course. So how can I have my existing staff members go through the same course without pulling them through, um, off um, the workspace to be able to go and learn these things? So they wrote step in a way where it is 79 small, short videos. I think the longest one is 12 minutes. The shortest one is two minutes. So it's a plug and play for an HR person or for anyone else from the company to be able to ha have the people sit down. They, they listen to the video. They have a manual. They have two questions that they ask and then they go on with the day. So maximum half an hour out of the company's day is able to be obtained with that. So over 79 sessions, however that would be structured in a company, they are able to have those light bulb moments. And they have piloted at a lot of companies through lockdown and the success rate's really been amazing. So the, um, I will send you the links if you want to go and have a look at some of the testimonies of companies that have already gone through the STEP program and what it's done to the performance and the overall morale for a company and the staff members as well as the employer to say, you know what, even though it takes half an hour extra per day, what what I've gained in my company is immeasurable. And I think that's the success rate. So I think work for a living in general is a must for every single person. So everybody, everybody says, no, I know how to work. But if you have not done this course, you don't you don't understand the gist of it. So myself, I learned so much. Every single trainer learns if, learns a lot. So there's no person that can walk out of there out of there saying that they haven't learned anything. And I think that's the that's the the beauty and the treasure of it. Um, everything is publicly based. Where it's a Christian organisation, and um, that's the, that's the fundamentals of what work for living does is to be able to to let God just work in people's lives, change mindsets, and and pull them from where they come from. I actually had a a lady once that said that they come she's coming to school, so every day she she got off the taxi um, in the afternoon, and there was a lot of ladies sitting there by the taxi. So they their job is to be able to just sit and watch people and talk about them. And then they, they said to her, where do you go to every day all of a sudden? And she said, I'm going to school. And they said, but why are you going to school? Like, you have children that you have to look after. That's your job. Um, so it's 
it's for us to be able to infiltrate community to be able to make a change and not community to be able to change us. And if there's, if it takes one person to be able to change a mindset, you're going to be able to change a town and you're going to be able to change a country. So we are able to want to, we want to network with other work for living. There's a lot of work for living centers. I think there's 45 in South Africa alone. Cutting is a bit of a late bloomer. So we have, um, it was us that started first. We have three operational. One started in Boxburg yesterday. Um, so they're all popping up everywhere. And we are super excited. And that's the that's the aim, is to be able to have at least one work living centre in one town. Um, that's the goal. And I'm sure that's the goal. That's the goal for INA this year as well. So like Chris said, you have to have a facilitator that runs with this program full time. And it has to be a passion. If you look at it from a financial perspective and that you only want to make money, you, your intention is completely different. So your, your heart needs to be to want to change people and to have a vehicle to be able to do that. And I think that is the, that's the crux of it. It's a full-time job in terms of wanting the people to change because people come to you afterwards and they speak about their own situations. We connect with corporates. We do marketing. And that's why you need to have a full dedicated person to be able to do that. But they get trained by Ina um, in George, and it is phenomenal. It is really, really immeasurable to be able to to connect with a with a with a, a, a person that has got so much vision, and it, it, she's a dynamic woman. And Walter Walter himself, I mean, his his background is from a financial point of view and just the input that he gets and the vision that they have and just to be able to expand this, it's going in other um, countries as well. So I'm I'm very, very thankful that we as as our organization can take, take hands with this. So from my perspective, it is a, a follow through. It's like a funnel. So we catch the people at inner city ministry on a Monday night coming off the street saying, listen, here's, here's God. Here's the foundation of who you are to be able to impart in them, telling them who their authority in Christ is, their identity, changing their mindsets. And from there on, they can go into what the, the counseling and everything else that we offer, as well as the work relevant course, they're able to fly. A very good example was, these two examples, if I may, speak about it. So I heard one, we we spoke at um, a few soup kitchens around the area at the churches and to tell them about work for living. And the one guy came out of the whole group, he came and he said, no, he wants to attend this course, but he's been living on the street for three years and he doesn't have the one, the 150 to pay for, for this course. So I said to him, okay, I don't really always do this, but you can go and work in the garden because we have farming God's way that we also connect with, but we didn't have time to be able to um, turn the ground and there's a lot of weeds. You can pull out the weeds. And every afternoon after class, he would he would be in the garden. And I, the second week I said to him, you've, you've walked, you've, you've done it. You've worked off your 150 and you don't have to do this anymore. I said, do you like this? And he said, yes, I love this. And I said, okay. So I connected with another um MPO in the area, and they sell seedlings. So I went to go buy seedlings for him, and I said to him, "Yeah, you can go. You can plant the spinach and the 
the beans and the and the kale, etc. So he just carried on with this. And I said to him, there's a course running in, in a, at, a, at a church called um, For Farming God's Way. It's a six-week course on a Saturday. You need to just get yourself there. And then if the course is free and you can actually go and attend to be able to learn how to do farming God's Way's principles. And he did the course. He attended it. And I didn't think he was going to do it because it's about an eight-kilo walk from where he lives. And... He attended it and he came and he implemented that every single week. He, he would implement the new thing. So I was seeing all of the things going up. And he eventually sold the, the spinach, et cetera, et cetera. And he, he came to do work for – he did work for a living, but he he didn't pass because he slept during the class because he wasn't able to sleep at nighttime living on the streets and people stealing his stuff. So he redid work for a living again, and he passed. And – he went for a few interviews, and it's two weeks now where he has gotten this job as a general manager slash gardener slash maintenance slash whatever it is that they, they give him. And his whole life has changed because he gets a fantastic salary and he can get off he can get off this well, he got off the street because he got a, a small room and he attended um, inner city ministry every single Monday night, and you could see his spirit and his manly, his his, his dignity come back. And that's the those are live bulb moments. So there was another guy. He was 16 when he came to the course, and he said to me, "He doesn't have the money." And I said, "It's fine. Just come to the course." And every day he would stand in front of my office, and I said to him, "But the course has already started. Why are you not in class?" And he said, "I don't. I don't have the money." I said. If you are here every single day asking where the course is starting and what we can do, go for it. He was a super, super introvert, introvert because he, there was a lot of stuff that's happened to him in his life. And he was also 16 on the street with no family. And we got him in a retail um, company. And I said to the HR person, just let him, because when you look at him, he would cringe. He was such an introvert. I said to him, don't put him on the in the aisles. Just let him unpack at the back. Just let him offload the, the trucks. That was in 2018. He is now a store manager, and he is helping opening up other branches. So he said to me in that December when he got the job, he doesn't have money to be able to to um, to drive to to get to the job. Can I just give him some money? And we generally don't do that, but I gave him, I think, 300 rand or something. And I just wrote it off. I didn't think I was going to see it again. And in January, he was. I said, he asked me when we starting, and I said to him in January this day, on that day, he was waiting for me to be able to give my money back. So the principles of work for living has already been applied in his life. And I think that is what is amazing, is to have those light bulb moments come in people's lives. So yeah, that's a mouthful. If you have any questions, please shout. Thank you, Natasha. That is a, that is a, a great, what is it, 30, 26 minutes of, of lots of information. Thank you. So there's lots of questions. Um, what we do normally is we uh, the guys put their hands up on the reaction bar on the on the phone. So uh, guys, you're welcome to to go for it. Um, so I remember Natasha when when um, I got saved at a, at a mighty men in two, uh, 2008, and one of the things that Angus said was, "When you go back, you must tend to your people that work for you, um, but 
you know you need to um, um, teach them uh, about God, but it must be in your time. Yeah, you cannot use their lunch time. You cannot use their tea time. It must be in your time. And you know it it was an interesting thought, and I did it. You know that we we have Wednesday mornings after seven o'clock when we st- uh, you know we start at seven o'clock at the factory. And I've got uh, Gideon. I don't know Gideon on this morning, um, and Gideon uh, brings word to the to the guys, and also do, does a little bit of um, you know spiritual attention uh, if the guys want to come and sit with him. And, and there's also room for that. You know, they can go and sit in the boardroom and 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 pray together, or whatever. And I cannot tell you the value of that. You know, it is it is amazing. It has got a different vibe and environment in our factory. Um, We've got many blessings, and, and I don't know want to uh, for that count count why what and so on. But you know, it, it is very interesting what you said, where you've got the, you guys may make little uh, was it seventy uh, seventy nine videos of of those you know short classes because you can actually get so far with just a little bit of information. You know, it breaks my heart. I see. Um, Sometimes, you know, and I think this is how the, the the movie that plays in my head. These four youngsters decide tomorrow we're going to look for a job, you know, and then they put put on their best clothes, yeah. So it is the cap, you know the you know the story, the cap that sits skew, the jeans that are hanging. Um, and I'm not judging anybody. I'm you know, but they do not dress to look for work. They dressed for a tonight's. Um, uh, party, you know, yeah. and 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 then they get there and and they and they and you know and they speak to you with their sunglasses on and chewing their gum, and I think to myself, yeah, you know, you you you're sabotaging yourself. Yeah. You've got up this morning, you brushed your teeth, you combed your hair, you you put on your best, and then you sabotage yourself. Where somebody just help them, and and and, and you know, I I, I just kind of want to say again. That it's not a judge. I'm not judging them. You know, yeah. I'm just thinking you can actually do better for yourself with just, as you say, a 12 minute video of how do you present yourself? How do you sell yourself and get your foot just through the gate? You know, sometimes it is just getting that, that first step, you know, is, um, gets the whole. Because your, your father probably taught, taught you all of your principles and worldviews. And you've applied it into your life. But there's a majority of people out there that don't have the privilege of, I mean, the fatherless is, is rife. And they're, they're there to be able to just have some sort of acceptance. So if acceptance is meaning that you're trying to save face in front of your colleagues or your, your peer group, and that's the way that they dress, to be able to be accepted there, they are, they're obviously going to live that life. And it's just to be able to have someone invest in their lives and say, listen, this is what it actually is. This is what the working culture is, or just you as a person, to just invest that time. And I think the most important thing is to be able to invest time. Money comes and goes, but I mean, time is where discipleship also takes place, is to be able to actually say, you know what, you're worth it for me to be able to, to buy out the time to sit with you, to listen to your story, to build trust, and to invest in you to be able to change your future and your generations to come. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it is, it is not, we're not talking about big investments. Yes. You know, I walk through my factory and I would spend a couple of minutes. You know, mm-hmm. if I see this a new face, 
um, and, and we, we, somebody taught us on, on uh, I think one of our first meetings that we had on the on the transformation table uh, tied up with um, Time to Rise was learn the guy's real name. You know, I had the very terrible habit, and I'm so embarrassed that uh, just talking about it. But I would ask the guy's name, and I said, "No, I cannot. I cannot pronounce that name. What is your, what is your English name?" You know, and then he says, "You know that," and that's terrible. You know, or I say, "What do your friends call you?" You know, what is the short? What is your? What can I call you? I'll change your name. You know, how arrogant. Um, yeah. But just the effort of learning the guy's names already makes a makes a giant difference you know and just interacting a little bit just just building a little bit of relationship you know no, I, one of the other things i've learned on the on this chat is the the, the big difference between relationship and mentorship but uh, i see the guys hands are up uh, i'm not sure who was first can we can we start with Chris? was it free okay let's go for it Fred. hi natasha uh, thanks for all the information First question I wanted to ask you was where is Ina and her husband and you told me they are in George so that's where I am so I will love to meet up with them. Second question, uh, okay my first question is answered. Second question, do you have a podcast? No, I don't. Why not? Because I don't like to be the face of things. I work in the background and I just get... But you, don't need to, you don't need to be a face, you just need to be a voice and there's somebody that needs this. So can we help you as a, as at the radio, uh, can we help you as a transformation table, we, as a community because we, our slogan says we, wherever you are we want to be there and we want to add value to people. Doing prison ministry for so many years and you see the need in the prisons to, to equip people. Uh, but how do we do it? We can't get uh, to a place taking, getting training up facilitators, getting them to prisons all over the country and the world is going to take a time and a lot of money. But with especially podcasting and online, uh, what I saw last year during a time when I was very sick, I had cancer, what God did when I didn't have a voice with podcasting so I really would love to help you we would love to help you um, you can be at your home we will help you with everything just start and 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 do it even if it's short it's short and powerful but really the people need it um, uh, if you guys around the table this morning uh, luckily my, my partner in the radio station is also on Dimitri so really, I would love, love, um, I, I don't even want to say, it's just when are we going to start? Um, and, and just, and bring these testimonies in, these stories, because that's the stories that change lives. Yes, most definitely. So, so really, um, in, in front of witnesses, and a lot of people is going to hear me on the radio and mm -hmm. on the podcast. Um, so please, let's sit and do this. Let's just do it. It's time. Thank you. Yes, okay. thank you. Thank you. Cool. <laughs> Appreciate it. I should have mentioned Natasha. Here we put each other on the spot. So, uh, <laughs> 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 so um, who was who was next? Uh, was it Chris or oh, I didn't focus? Sorry, guys. Can it was you... Chris. Chris, yeah. Okay. 
Então, o que é que crees? Hi, um, thank you, Natasha. That was amazing to hear about work for a living again. You know, while you were speaking, I was just thinking, you know, um, attitude determines your altitude. And uh, work for a living teaches people to change their attitude towards life. I mean, from a negative perspective to a positive perspective. And that comes through knowledge, that comes through discipleship and all the things that you guys are doing. Um, I've got a meeting next week with a lady called uh, Colleen. And mm -hmm. um, is it is it uh, possible that I could get your contact details? Sure. Um, maybe if she can call you and, um, you know, that you can speak into her as well. Because um, I, I would love to get somebody here in Hansby to um, start doing the course. And she's a teacher as well. And it seems to me she's got a passion for um, the people, um, the poor and the needy and the people here in our town. Um, our town is, you know, relatively small. We're not like in the inner city where you have soup kitchens and stuff like that. It's a small town with about, say, 30,000 people maximum living here. But um, there's also a lot of needs. And, um, you know, if we can change the people's uh, perspective about life and, um, uh, you know, get them involved with work for a living, that will be absolutely amazing. So um, if I can, you know, if you can just give me your details, maybe your uh, WhatsApp details, um, I will appreciate it. Yes, most definitely. Is Colleen a person that you would like to um, earmark as a facilitator or just yes, connect yeah. Yeah, as a facilitator, yeah. yeah it's perfect. Uh, most definitely, I'll share it with you. Okay. Thank you. Thanks, Chris. Thank you. Dimitri? Uh, good morning, everyone. I was a bit late uh, coming into the panel, but just in time to hear what Natasha shared with us. So good morning, and thank you for that, Natasha. Um, my, my question is purely for the audience um, that, that's listening Uh, to this and to do, especially on, on, on the live uh, broadcast that we will have um, on the radio station and then also to, uh, to the people tuning in for the podcast. Now, you've mentioned amazing testimonies, amazing stories, and, and, and it really warms up the heart. But an organization uh, such as yours does not run all that smoothly all the time. There are challenges. So my question is, Uh, so that people can be aware of things. And I'm sure um, you want to get people on board that can assist with certain areas, and especially those areas that are lacking. Uh, you can't do everything. So what are the, what are the challenges that you face that uh, especially leads uh, to, to the not-so-successful stories, um, you know, that, that you guys just cannot um, tackle because the job at hand is already – um a taxing um for you guys so although are there any areas that you want to mention and perhaps people out there can listen and say well this is where i can uh lend a hand and i mean freak was the first one to say hey let's do a podcast let's raise awareness out there let's get these stories out there let's get the testimonies out there so that people can become aware so the awareness is very very important to me and therefore Uh, I asked this question, what are those challenges? I'm going to firstly speak from a um, from an elevation high perspective from, from the organization that I work at. And that is um, 
I think our biggest challenge is to be able to change mindsets in terms of um, most of the people that we help are marginalized and they live on the streets for some whatever reason. And it's also very interesting for me to see how on Facebook and all of these community pages, suburbia complains about um, all the homeless people in the area, but they're the first people to give money to the guys on the streets. And I might get shot when I say this, but if you give money to a person, you you have to also have accountability to be able to know that that person is going to use it for drugs. They're going to use it. I mean, I got given 900 eggs at one stage and I thought, well, if I boil the eggs, then at least they will be able to eat it. And they even sold the eggs for money to be able to go and use. So over the 10, over the 10 years, there was a guy that said to me, Kenny, um, I, I, we had a we had a clothing bank and we had a soup kitchen way back when, and then a doctor's on a on a Wednesday, and he came to me and I was opening up the clothing bank on the Monday and he said to me, Natasha, you guys are looking after us so well, and I said to him, what do you mean? And he said, well, you give me clothes on a Monday, the doctor's here on a Wednesday, we have a soup kitchen here on a Saturday, and every other day of the week there's at least two places in town where people give food, either a church or a non-profit. And so we were very well looked after. And it was like, God stopped me in my track saying, what are you doing? You're making beggars of sons of God. And you need to be able to stop and, and teach them how to be equipped and not keeping them, because we're an enabler. So when people say, but don't, are you telling me to not give money on the streets? I'm going to say, well, if that is your son and you know that your son is an, is an addict and he's on the side of the road begging, and I give him money to be able to keep him there. Are you going to be happy with it? So my biggest thing is that people love to be able to feel good when they give something, but they don't want the responsibility to know where it ends up. But if you, we need to make, we need to open up our eyes. We are living in a fallen world and we are, it's someone's daughter, it's someone's son, it's someone's husband, it's someone's, father that's standing there so how else can you equip rather assist the nonprofits that do the jobs i'm not saying financially see if you want to drop off whatever it is that they need so from 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 our perspective our work it's it's it, it remains difficult because of suburbia but suburbia complains about it so it's just to be able to to, to raise awareness to say you know what Look at the bigger picture. Don't look at the fiber and that you give it the, per the person on the side of the road. Look at the bigger picture and where it goes to. And to say, okay, what is a long-term goal for this person? Um, am I going to literally just give them fish the whole time or am I going to be part of the change to be able to equip them so that they can they can change their lives? So that's from Elevation Hub's perspective. From Work for a Living's perspective, a lot of the times that we get people that say, yes, I want to sponsor this person to come. Please don't sponsor people for because 150 Rand is a commitment fee. 150 Rand covers your, your manual and your certificate, maybe. It doesn't, it doesn't make me rich at all. It doesn't make Ina rich at all. But it's the commitment. Because if, since 2015, not one person that was sponsored by a Good Samaritan that did not pay or invest a cent for his, his um, course completed it so that is 
living proof that people people want to do good. I understand that completely, but get them there. And if you want to, if you really feel that you want to, at least just pay half of it and make that person pay the other half of it so that they have to pay something towards it to be able to want to get something out of it. Because the commitment fee is part of the... We don't want to feed the, in, the, the entitlement because entitlement is a very big issue that we're sitting with in society. So we don't want to feed into, into that entitlement spirit. We want to be able to make that change. So if you want to send a person to a Work for a Living Centre, go on to workforaliving.org, have a look at where the nearest centre is in your area, it, send people to those centres. So get from, from what a person, a public can do is to be able to make create awareness for us. We we get told a lot of times that we are a scam because it's 150 rand. I know there's a lot of scams out there. So our biggest task is to prove that we're not a scam, that we are intentional in what we do, and that we love doing what we do and we want to change people's lives. We understand that if you're on the street, you're not going to have a thousand rand or whatever the course is worth to be able to invest into this. So it's it's the grassroots level things. So awareness to be able to send people to work for a living, wherever your closest work for a living center is. And then also, if you have a company and you have a job that's vacant, even though you work with recruitment agencies, just give us that opportunity to also send your people. You can take them. If you take them, fantastic. If you don't, then that's an opportunity that they had to be able to go for another interview, to be able to um, see where the areas are where they lacked and that we are able to work with them so that they are able to make that next interview work for them. If, if I may, uh, Menzo, uh, another question um, to, to Natasha. Um, so I can already... I can really sense uh, the group here as a lot of excitement uh, for what you guys do. And the one thing that you, that you spoke about is passion. And I think passion gets stirred up um, inside people when they hear the possibilities of being able to help. If I want to become a facilitator, for instance, how difficult is it? What is needed from an individual to, to put that passion to play? In other words. Okay, so, First and foremost, the question that Ina is going to ask you is, what do you believe in? So that's the first question she's going to ask. You have to be a reborn child of God and only believing in God. Um, we are in a society where there's a lot of beliefs and a whole lot of things. So um, if you do not believe in God and you, you have funky things that you're involved in, she's going to say, unfortunately, you can't be a facilitator. So that's, that's question number one. Commitment and that it's a full-time thing. You can't open up a center in a few months saying, oh, this is not for me because the commitment and the investment into your center and into the area is, I would almost say, a lifelong commitment. So you need to be able to... And then what is your intention? Why do you want to start a center? Do you want to start a center so you can get a job or that you want to start a center you want you want to help community? So when you go for um, training... You do pre-training, pre so there's an online trainer trainer that you have to attend, and then she takes you through a course called Coram Deo, where you need to complete Coram Deo. I think it takes about a month or so, 
And then these are a few things that they, so they're basically filtering out people because there's a lot of people that say that they want to, they want to be facilitated. So the filtering system happens before the actual training in George. Once you get to George, that's, that's almost like you, you, you're almost there. So there's then there's two weeks intense training in George at the, the, the head office there at the center in George, in Georgetown. I can't remember the street name. But you're welcome to go and ask her. So then you just the, the training is for free. You just need to be able to get yourself there and have accommodation and food. That's obviously at your own expense because she can't afford for everybody to 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 fund that. And then you get your training, and then you have to have a venue in place because the venues are the most difficult things to be able to obtain. So if you can connect with churches, we want to connect with churches to be able to get the body of Christ to come in to be able to assist. The, a lot of the churches are standing vacant during the week because it's a week thing. So Mondays to Fridays, if a church does has a venue available and they want to change the community or invest in the community, make that church room available for for facilitator to be able to come and, and run work for a living from the church perspective. The, it doesn't mean that it belongs to the church. It means that the church is making, that's actually what a church is supposed to do now. So to be able to invest in community and how better to be able to not have these white elephants standing around, but actually being actively involved in community. Uh, I, uh, gentlemen and, and, and ladies on the group, please excuse me. I don't want to hog the microphone. But I just have one last question for Natasha. You mentioned counseling. So um, who are the counselors? And uh, do you train the facilitators to do that? Or do we? does one need to get a, a accredited counselor? So I, I'm from Elevation House perspective. We are fortunate to be able to take hands with Word and Life in Boxburg, Sunwood Park Academy. So they actually have a training that they do NQF social work counseling. And those people, um, I just have two of my very good friends that are busy doing the course. They're very overqualified, but they're doing this course so they can get their accreditation for it. So then they have to do hours. It's supervised. So we are able to take those um, and have them make available at our center. But at a normal work for living center, it doesn't um, include a counselor. But that's where we need, we need to be able to connect with churches that have people that will be able to have the, those counselors, counselors available. And obviously, if your heart is as a facilitator to be able to assist people, I don't know if time will allow it, but then you can make yourselves available over weekends to be able to assist people. And then you have to equip yourself to know that what you're investing in people and how you counsel is is correct and you're not just following your own way. Natasha, uh, how does somebody uh, get in uh, in contact with uh, Work for a Living, with Inandem, if somebody wants to start up with that? Is there a website, is there an email address, hotline, anything? Where can they contact the people? So the, their website is Work for so it's www.workforaliving, so it's W-O-R-K, in the number four, aliving.org. So it's as you say it, all small letters, one word with a number in between. And but if you go and Google it, it'll come up right like this. And then you can go into the center, all the contact details there, and also there's a there's a tab where it shows centers, and you can actually go and have a look and see where all the centers are. 
Yeah, for the person listening to the podcast now, you can just go down in the description and we will also put a link up for you to go to the website of Work for a Living. Thanks, Natasha. Thank you. Atman? Uh, <clears throat> good morning, everybody, and a special morning for Natasha. Oh. I'm sitting here and yes, my heart is pumping for what <laughs> I am hearing. You know, because for many years now, I am me and my wife doing ministry here in my own street and my areas here. Uh, we are basically trying to implement all these things that you are talking about now. And my qu first question will be that uh, I'm here living in Easter River in, in the Western Cape. Uh, except for Chris there in Gordon's Bay, uh, where is the nearest who is the nearest work for living people around us? This is my that would be my first question. And then I also want to just share something interestingly that um, I was I'm actually a gardener, a guy that was used to work in the gardens before the Lord called me full-time in ministry. <laughs> And so many things happened. I've learned and studied a lot of stuff. And the last thing I studied now was um, to be a mediator. And one of the days, the lady there in the office, she was asking me, Ati, you know what? Um, can you please arrange for me for someone to come and paint uh, uh, the place here for us? And... Uh, I was in like, oh, but I have some days free, so why can't I go and paint it? So I said, okay, I'm going to come and paint. She said, quite fine. And then when I said, I'm going to paint, she was asking, oh, man, Ati, you cannot come and paint because we, we are looking for someone that we can only pay 300 rand and, and you are not in that. I thought, hey, what is this lady talking about? I'm not in this, <laughs> this bracket or what she means now. <laughs> because I'm used to work. <laughs> and same thing happened three weeks ago when, when the lady who is doing now some with me, me who is going, doing with me some uh, psychology now, healing people, from their hurt and pains, as you said, before they can go into get a work and go on with their lives, especially when they were addicted. We are working with them now in that regard. And she was asking me, Ati, um, I had no one to work in my garden. Will you please arrange for me for someone who can come and clean the garden? So I said, you know, you know, Eileen, um, I am good garden. So if we have a day off, I can come and do the garden for you. Ah, she said, Ati, I didn't mean like that, but okay. So I went there. I was just doing the garden for one day and she went so excited. She said, Ati, come, you must come at the back and see my place there. So I was looking at the swimming pool and the place there, all dirty and whatsoever. So I said, no, I'm not going to do this today. I will come back and do it. Then she opened the gate and she showed me a space of, of land there at the back. She said, can't we do a community garden here? 
planting veggies and stuff. I said, yes, 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 we can do. And she said, ah, yeah, but then we need a waterhouse. I want to, 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 to fill my, my swimming pool with sand and after we can make a waterhouse there and what, what, what. So, Coach, you must know this is just at the back of, of where you are doing. We're setting up the new studio now. And while Natasha was speaking, I was just thinking, wow, look at what's going to happen. But as Natasha said, and especially I want the guy who listen now on the podcast later or whatever, the effort. And as you also said, we cannot wait to have everything for free. You have to put it from your side also. And the Lord will further provide. And then also I want to share that I received my results yesterday after all that effort. And I passed my mediation and family law. (laughs) Thank you so much. So, Adman, there is a list. I'm going to quickly, I'm on the website quickly. In Western Cape, there's one in George, Hermanus, Manenberg, Bonneville, Mossel Bay, and Stellenbosch at the moment. So those are the ones that are in the Western Cape area. But you're welcome to go onto their website and have a look and see which one is closest. I'm not physically, well, I know where I'm going, but I don't know which one is the the, the closest one to you. Thank you, Natasha. Thank you. Natasha, I just have to add something quickly. I don't know if you noticed the smile on Peter's face. When you said about the church and the emptiness of the churches during the week, he's a he's a retired. Well, Peter, I'm not sure retired pastor is the right word, but um, I don't know what you call it uh, if you if you're not actively. Um, I don't know what to call it, but in any case, but I know that he's got a heart for what you just said, and I could see by his smile. I know him well. Um, you know that is uh, something that he feels passionate about. Use utilize the. The facilities that's already available. Don't go and build new facilities. You know, don't, don't, don't reinvent the wheel. Go and use what is available already, and 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 get a system uh, uh, that is that is working. You know, and and I, in my mind, <clears throat> I um, I'm thinking, what would start? Why would you start something like that? And it's about your eagerness for just one, just one, saving one. You know, and, and it reminds me of that uh, movie Axel Ridge, where that guy went back and back, and he just said, "One more, God, just one more." You know, and I think that's what the what what your testimony is about is that, and, and it sounds so simple. I mean, it's not a big change. You know, this guy's off the street. Have, you know, that's all great, but it's massive for him. You know, it's massive for him. It is a life-altering, future-changing. Um, uh, 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 and it's going to leave a legacy to his children and their children, you know. So it's it's not a little thing; it's a big thing. Generational change. Absolutely, absolutely. It is it is that thing, as it says in the Bible, you know. It will the the the, the blessing will go into generations, oh, and um, and I think, and, and and I think that's the thing. You learn your work ethic. Well, I wanted to say from your dad, but um, I'm not a, I'm not sure if that is. True, you know, but you you learn your work ethic from your parents, because you know if you if you you know I, I was in trouble with my friends where I said, you know, why are you teaching your children to make coffee? They're working with uh, boiling water at the age of four or five. I can't remember now. 
I said, you know, I have to teach them to do things. And, you know, all, all three of them are very good cooks, makes an awesome cup of coffee and can make a really good plate of food. And it's and, and, and that's where it starts, you know, in your house. In any case, um, Anthony, I see you've got your hand up. And then, um, Chris? Morning, Natasha. Just wanted to say thank you very much for the work that you do. I'm I'm a product of one of those works. I uh, I ended up on the streets after army. I didn't have a home to go to, and I didn't believe in myself for many many years. So when I I met God, um, good Samaritans like like what you're doing was was an instrument in God's hands to get me to the place where I believed in myself to stand up and 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 be able to be a productive member in society. Um, I just wanted to ask, uh, the, this process that you're going through, how much of it is based uh, in you teaching the people the Word of God? Because that was the one main thing that changed me. Father came in as a father bringing security first. When when I met God, it was security first. That was the one thing that he established in my life for for umpteenth of years until I got to the place where I felt that I can trust God. Um, you know, last week I used an example of 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 getting into the hole with the person instead of picking him out of out of the hole where he is in and, and then trying to um, help him, getting into the hole with the person and making him believe that he can get out of that hole because that that's the problem that most street kids have. Most people down there on the ground, they don't believe that they can get out of the hole and they've been helped so many times out of the hole that they just end up back in the hole again and then you, you go into this deep depression where you don't believe that you can stand up. And the one thing that has been paramount in my life is, is the Word of God, the Word of God, the Word of God. And the more I spend time in the Word of God, whether it's one verse or whether it's one chapter, God started speaking to me personally, and I had this because you started answering my prayers, and I had this amazing revelation of who God the Father is. It, it took me four years from meeting God and meeting Jesus as my friend to realizing that I have a father. And that changed my life to such an extent that, wow, man, I can go and speak to the the cactuses out there, the people who, who fall down, the work that you kind of do there. I, I'm not involved in a community or a facilitator, but God sends the personal people to me this week alone. There's been three drug addicts who actually fell back, who gave up. And these are not necessarily people on the ground. These people are working, but they they just they they lose faith in God. They don't have that security. Um, I just wanted to thank you for the work that you do. Um, I'm a product of that, so thank you. God bless you for that. Eh? And that's amazing testimony. Thank you for sharing your testimony. And uh, I think it'll it'll encourage so many other people that that have friends or family. Because I'm not sure if the the person on the street struggling with this will necessarily get to hear this, but the friends and the family to be able to not give up on them and to and to just keep on pr- praying. Prayer is vital. If we understand, I spoke to um, someone yesterday that was involved in Satanism for 17 years, and he said the biggest problem with Christianity is that we live warm and we don't invest and we don't do what we're supposed to do as, as sons and daughters of the Lord Most High, to pray, to fast, to seek God's face. 
and that is that's that's our that should be our foundation. And if he he says if you know how much time and effort they put in to be able to do what they get get to do what they do, we I mean we have the the biggest authority in the in the universes. We've got God, the Creator, and if we understand our authority in Christ, that's going to be we will change this world. We're not going to um, circumvent the, the the end of life because I mean it's in Revelations, but we're able to change people's lives. We're going to change. We're going to win souls because that's the that's our calling is to be disciples, make disciples, teach them about the Word of God, and in doing that is just to be able to live your life. And your life is a living testimony. And and that's why God sends you people because he knows that those people need your testimony to see what you've done, what you've gone through. So well done. It's amazing. This isn't um, really a question. I, I was just thinking to myself, I'm, I'm just so amazed, you know, if I think of uh, Dr. Arnu and uh, the vision that he has for time to arise. Um, can you imagine in, um, say, two years' time, if we, the righteous start ruling this nation and we start building from government uh, down and up from uh, local um, uh, communities up, and then we take hands and we rebuild the walls of our nation? I mean, we will change this nation because things are already being put in place. We've got the telegram groups. We've got the pointers. Um, then, then we can truly, we're going to see this nation change. So I was just thinking, wow, you know, this is just so awesome. It actually brought tears to my eyes to think what, what God is busy doing. Uh, we must see the bigger picture that's going to come out of this. Um, it's, it's just going to be absolutely awesome. Um, the the end product of our nation being changed to a godly nation, to a righteous nation, where we'll have a, a godly government. And um, I'm, I'm very excited about uh, what God is doing. And I just thank um, God for the vision that Arno has and um, the people that are working with him and all of us that are working and building together. God bless you. Amen. I agree with you, Chris. The 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 the, the problem is going to get solved from the bottom up, and I truly believe that the biggest wealth of our country is not in our resources. It's not the it's not the gold sitting under the ground or the ore or the whatever. It is the people that is sleeping at the moment. It is those that is not woken up yet. And Natasha, you're waking them up one by one. You know. And um, that is that is the wealth of our of our country. The the special things that can happen from you know. I, I don't know if I can use you as an example. The the gardener that became the um, facilitator. You know, um, that is where that is where the power is. That is where the power is. And we always Peter, have sorry. To sorry, we always have to remember that the power of life and death is in our tongue. If we understand. The, that spiritual principle, we will, we will be so careful of what we say because we are able to either let the dark side rule or let God and all of His armies rule as well with what comes out of our mouth. You know, I've mm-hmm. so many conversations where people will just say, "Oh, the government is this, and this community is this, and everything's going down the tubes." And I'm like, "Well, you're just giving authority for it to be done." 
Can you just stop? Can you speak life? Can you speak blessings? Because if we stop speaking that and speaking death and curses and negative stuff over our country, our people, and even ourselves, the change will happen. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I listened to a message, uh, uh, um, uh, was it uh, not last week, the week before Prof Theo, that uh, that's the part that he was, and, I, and I, I'm, I'm going to ask him, I got his number, I'm going to ask him to do that for us in English, that message, because it is such a powerful message of, of I'll, I'll send it to you, Natasha, I'll actually put it on the group and I'll send it to you, but the 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 power of motivating each other, motivating that guy on your left and on your right, and 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 working on a common goal, and and you know um, just understanding what is behind us, you know that we are not we are not victims, we are not losers, we are ready. The victory is already ours. Yeah. So absolutely, Peter. Sorry, I interrupted you, Peter. No, it's fine. It's all been said. The challenge is to get, as Natasha said, to get this happening in every dorp, in every village, in every community. Not only this, but there is much more like the Elevation Hub stuff, the showers for throwaway people. Uh, you know, there's so much more. And a lot of it, a couple of years ago, we didn't have Zoom. We didn't have Google Meets. We had Christians that didn't know what was going on around them. And there's no more excuse for that. We don't have to work in isolation anymore. We need to have Natasha speak more often about some of the other courses and some of the other things. We need to get maybe Pastor Winfred or uh, James from uh, from the church you mentioned. Um, you know, there is, we don't have to, I, I honestly believe, uh, just to correct Chris, it's not if we do, it's because we're going to do, you know, it's when we do. But um, the the challenge is to be able to do this effectively in every community. And there is so much. We don't have to reinvent. I honestly believe we are going to find, uh, I think in English, the word is serendipity. While you're looking for one thing, you find you find other stuff on the way while you're looking. And uh, there are already, I think what we encounter in here, in the Father heart of God, is so much of the Mother heart of God. The nurturing, the nurturing side. You see, we men want to fix it. We just want to fix it. We just want to say, but that's only a part of the equation. And so this whole, I think we're going to find that there are literally thousands of godly women that are already operating in the, the mother heart of God. And, and that is, as you said, those people are the gifts to the bride. Those people are the gifts to the church. And uh, so, I mean, uh, uh, COVID took the church out of the buildings. 
And Natasha's talking about using the buildings. I did that with every church I went to. We had Gamblers Anonymous, Alcoholics Anonymous. We had St. John's Ambulance still in those days. We had all kinds of, uh, um, you know. And so these are th there are many thoughts that have been prickled here today. And uh, so thank you, Natasha. Okay. And uh, so, and on that thing, we we've sent some some youth through to work for a living, and they didn't succeed because of a sense of entitlement. And uh, uh, sort of like what Anthony was saying, it includes the sense of I am a failure. You know. Not I fail, but I am a failure. It's a shame-based thing. Oh. Yes. Oh. And that is why it's so, so important to have, and, and, and thank you for, for highlighting the, the women in, in ministry, but fathers, parents, are men to stand up because fatherlessness is rife. Satan is just taking out all the men if in household families out by the knees and then you're sitting with a mother structure and men are the heroes of a family they are the savers so i mean if you don't have that pillar of strength in a family there's a massive hole and we see it in everybody's lives that 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 are really struggling without without a father specifically so we really want to encourage men to go back into the godly sons of God role of what God has given them, the authority that has given them, and to be able to speak into their life to say, you know what, stand, get get back up. And it's so often that the guys don't even know that they should be standing there. You know, um, mm -hmm. I, I recall a story that uh, a friend of ours uh, told told me, and I, you know, I, I can't remember all the details, so forgive me if I get some, but I just want to give you the concept. Is um, he did some uh, uh, exactly what you guys are doing, working for working for a living, uh, training um, for a, a large um, uh, uh, company that picks up the, the black bags, you know, rubbish bags. So the rubbish trucks, and the problem the company had was that they would ha they had big uh, losses. People would get killed, you know, in doing their work because you're working with. Big hydraulic, dangerous equipment, trucks, people running next to the trucks. You know, the guys were getting driven over. They ended up on the mechanisms. And it was the figures he gave me was crazy. It was like 18 people a year that the company lost to death doing their work. And he went and, and he taught them one thing you are valuable. You need to look after yourself. You need to be there to look after your family. You are the provider. So make sure that you stay safe. You know, one would say, how, how, uh, I mean, that's common sense. But just by teaching them that one thought, the, 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 the rate dropped to one death the, the following year, and the year after that, nothing. Just by this um, uh, 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 understanding that you need to be there. You know, you need to be there tomorrow and the day after and the day after. And if you get driven over by the truck because you're doing something stupid, that's going to be difficult because you're going to be dead, you know. But, um, you know, and it's such a basic thing that, 
Yeah. The the thing that we see as common sense is not that common. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and and the, you the have to. Is what is your family? Exactly. Where do you come from? What have you been? What have been, what have been instilled in your life? And if the the right foundation has not been instilled in your life, your life's going to be shaky. And that's where we come alongside and we say, okay, let's restructure your foundations with God to be able to let the Holy Spirit guide and lead and suck out all the weeds and everything that not, shouldn't be there to be able to see the actual real amazing tree that God has made that will be right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Anthony? Yeah, I just wanted to add, that's where the reparenting structure comes in where God reparents you. You know, he had to come and change my whole perspective of of what it is to be a father. You know, you uh, we've mentioned on the group before, you you, you can not tien rand uit die bank uittrek, as jy nie uit tien rand in die bank gedeposit weet. So a lot of people don't know, I, I didn't know how to be a parent to my two daughters because I, I never had an example as a father. And and the example that I had was was broken, not not much of my father's fault because for years I didn't receive from my father, so it's not his fault. God had to he had to come and reparent me, and and he had to come and change my perspective of what it is to be a father by being that example of being a father to me for for this this whole the vehement of bias. I mean, I I started I'm I'm like scraping a barrel here. The last week and a half, and I started. I can't pray. I can't speak to God because I'm in the situation that I am in, and 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 God just came through in this amazing miracle way this week, just to just to show me, hey man, I'm your dad. I got your back. You don't have to worry. And it's, it's amazing, man. It's amazing. But it's that reparenting that that the Lord needs to do. And I think there's there's a you know even though with the instrument in God's hands. There is a part that he wants to play that he's jealous over, uh, that he does not want us to fulfill that role because that's his role to play in our lives. He, he wants to do that for us because he loves us. You know, uh, Malachi 4 verse 6, he says there that in the end times, he's going to restore the hearts of the fathers to the sons and the hearts of the sons to the father. And and I think that's that's where we are, is that place where Father God is coming and showing himself as a true father because of our fatherless generation that we're in at the moment, you know, placing value. And then this is what I hear from what the whole morning so far. You've placed value into a person. You, you've given him significance. You you make him feel valued. He, he's important. He, he can do it. He can make it. Or, or they can make it, wherever you are, whoever you are. What place you are? Natasha, if I don't stop these guys, they will carry on the whole day. So <laughs> you've, you've definitely woken up lots of feelings and thoughts and and and, and things. But uh, I think I think we need to we need to call it uh, a meeting. And uh, Natasha, I just want to thank you for for you know one of the one of the great things when we started transformation table some time ago. I I was wondering. You know where is it going to go? We we actually started it to sort of with a little bit of a different idea, but Freak, uh, I I I feel it is going hundred percent in the right direction. You know, God put this together, and we were participants, and now we see how it is getting shaped and and connected. You know, um, and I I look forward to on on Thursday mornings to come sit around the table with with interesting people that's doing such. You know, and 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 the learning curve 
for me personally is massive. You know, I'm learning things that I, you know, how would I other in other ways counter this? What what um, you know, and uh, and sitting around the transformation table with people like yourself has definitely opened another way of thinking about things. You know, and um, and I just want to thank you for that. It is it is there's there's so many specialists in our country, but we need to we need to hear them. You know, we need to we need to hear your story. And that's what this is. What this is what this is about. And um, you know the connection. Uh, one of my favorite things, and, and I actually need to research and see if it's actually uh, Albert Einstein that said that. But he said God does not care for our for our mathematical equations. He integrates empirically. He connects everything. You know, and it doesn't. He's not limited by by our. Uh, he's not limited by gravity. He's not limited by anything. He can connect everything. Yeah. You know? And um, what this is what's happening this morning. We are connecting, and, and I just want to say thank you for for what you do and uh, for this morning. And um, I'm I'm hoping that this is going to be the beginning of something, mm. some way, all over the place. Yeah. yeah. Um, I want to want to honor you for what you do, and I really want to thank you for the opportunity. And I really want to just pray that God would cover everything that has been said here with the blood, and that we are able to just take this. And that it won't remain knowledge, but it will be imparted. Because I always say knowledge is not power. Knowledge applied is power. Mm, So that's what I really hope and pray for every single one that listens to this. Thank you. Thank you, Natasha. Thank you, guys. We will uh, see each other next week, Thursday. And and again, thank you, Natasha. I think we're going to chat. We're going to ask you to come and chat to us a little bit more at some, some, some point. And I've got a feeling... Uh, we had a moment like this uh, a, um, a couple of weeks, a couple of months ago. We we three connected with uh, with John, and um, uh, it changed. Freak uh, changed John's path, you know. Um, and uh, uh, you know, so so I think something special happened this morning, just out of that perspective. There's yeah. power in sharing, you know. So yeah, thank you very much. I also also want to pray with you, my brother. I also have something in my spirit to pray. So you can go. And also, I just want to say that uh, one, one of my twins, Christopher, that's with me here in Cape Town, he's now 18. He asked me yesterday afternoon, he said, where can I listen to the Transformation Table podcast? And I said, no, it's on the app. You just go onto the app and you'll see the podcast there and it's lying there. He says, I, I enjoy the Transformation Table. So the, even the youngsters are listening to it. So praise God for that. Um, because that's where we need to get the word to, to them. The Lord, when they ask him, uh, teach us how to pray, how must we pray? He taught them the, the uh, our Father which are in heaven. And in the prayer, it comes to a place, Father, you said, let your kingdom come. I just want to thank you that your kingdom is coming. That's in my spirit. Uh, I don't want to ask you, let your kingdom. Thank you, your kingdom is coming and is coming in South Africa, in all areas in South Africa. The kingdom of God is here, it's coming, it's taking over. And we praise God for that in Jesus' name. Thanks, Anthony. Amen.
Thank you, Father God. I just want to carry each and every person up here on this group, sir. These are mighty warriors, people who are prepared and committed to help people like me from the ground up, sir. Thank you for the work that Natasha is doing and the work that Freak's doing, and the work that Chris is doing, and the mentor that Peter Warren has been for me, sir. Thank you that these instruments in your hands is bringing your kingdom to this world, sir. We appreciate that. I appreciate that. We love you very much, sir. Thank you that you're a merciful God. You're a wonderful God. And that you know more than what we could ever ask or think. And you can supernaturally bring that to pass, Father God. I pray for miracles in each and every person's life here, Lord. Where you will go out and send your angels out and provide where they can be the testimony that I've heard today. And from Freak and from... Chris and from Peter, thank you for the value that they place in our lives, Lord. I just pray for the work that they're doing at the moment, sir. I pray that you will go out and that you will establish the ground where they need to go and take the ground back from what Satan has stolen from the orphans and the broken people out there, Lord. I pray for each and every person who's listening to this podcast, Lord, that you would open their heart, that you will show them the path that they need to walk so that they can have this life-changing experience with you, Lord. I bless you. I bless your Holy Spirit, sir. Bless your son, Jesus. Thank you for the cross, Jesus. Thank you that you're our friend, that you come and meet us as a friend, sir. That you don't condemn us, Father God. You don't look us and look at us and make us feel bad about who we are, but you lift us up, Lord. Thank you for the instruments in our hand, in your hand, sir. We love you very much. Father God, I just want to ask you that you will pour your love out more into our lives, Father God, into each and every person's life who's never maybe experienced your love so that you, with your mercy and your compassion, that you will introduce yourself to them, Father God, in such a unique way that their lives will be changed and that they can also become productive people in the society. Father God, will you come and will you come and restore the heart of the Father to the people out there, sir? As we've heard for the last few weeks, we're living in a fatherless generation where people don't know what it is truly to have a father. We don't know what it is truly to be intimate with you, Lord. I pray for a new season of intimacy where you come and by your hand yourself, you come and come and work in our lives and affect the people that we affect. Lord, send those people to us that we need to come and touch, Father God. Send the people to us that you want us to affect, Father God, and help us. Give us the word, give us the courage, and give us the, the boldness to do that which you want us to do. Thank you for my brother Peter. Thank you for Freak. Thank you for Menzo. Thank you for this group, sir. We appreciate that. Thank you, Lord. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Natasha, Amen. didn't I podcast? Didn't Great I podcast? Yeah, no, no. Just, just send me a, a, a number today, please, Menzo. Just, just send it to me. I'll contact her. Dear listener, listening to the podcast on the radio also, just send this podcast to somebody you know. Share it with everybody. This is how we're going to make a difference. You can make a difference today by sharing this podcast with somebody. Share the other podcast with people. Tell them about it. Share share the, the app to people. How to listen to at radio. Because we want to add value to people wherever they are. So thank you for listening to us today. 
and uh, thank you again Natasha thank you brothers and sisters it was a blessed morning a really transformation table morning so praise God for that amen 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 Die transformatietafel wordt met trots geborgd door Maxflex Cables.